Girl, listen. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode. I'm Brittany. I'm Nishana. I'm Anna. I'm Akiria. Today we are talking about sex and we have a special guest with us, Brittany, and I will let her introduce herself. Okay, uh, good morning everyone. My name is Brittany Young. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and board certified sex therapist and sexologist. And I've been working in this field for about 10 years now. Oh, wow. Right. So, Brittany, can you tell us a little bit of how you got into the sex therapist, uh, sex therapy, and what are some of the ways someone may reach out, or some of the reasons someone may reach out um, to seek your services? Sure. So that is a bit of a loaded question. Mm -hmm. I often joke with people about what led me into the business. When I was about maybe twelve years old, I was in a public shopping center. Um, in the suburbs of Gwinnett County and there was this uh, maybe middle-aged Caucasian lady who drove up while I was walking into the store and asked me if I knew where the nearest uh, starship was. Uh, ask you a With, child? Ask the 12 year old? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes she did. Um, and I knew the answer. I was like yeah it's right up the corner you <laughs> take a left. <laughs> And at that moment, I knew my calling. But um, that's just a fun little story that I like to tell people as to what led me. But there's just, um, you know, I found that for me personally, when it comes to areas that are considered taboo or controversy, controversial, that I just draw towards it. I have no, no qualms about talking about things that people shy away from talking about. And it's just so needed, especially in our black community, to discuss on issues of sexuality, um, you know, it's just one that has had a lot of historical context ties to it, and I found with many of my clients, as well as myself uh, in growing up, finding your your sexuality is a personal journey that's oftentimes suppressed, mm. you know, and I just wanted to be in a role where I could offer a space for people to explore that. Nice. That sounds great. Right. We definitely need that. Yeah. So we are going to jump <laughs> right. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I was going to answer the second part. Oh, of go ahead. Question. Go ahead. Um, I would say most of the time people are coming to me, especially right now. My my uh, practice is for a this desire mismatch where you have a high desire or low desire partner. Mm. Um. Hmm. Then you've got your classic sexual dysfunctions, such as erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, and orgasmic disorders. Hmm. So that's when people feel, just in general, that their sexual lives are less than satisfactory. Hmm. You know, there's not some high criteria that you need to make to go to sex therapy. I'm biased. I feel like everyone could benefit. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, just like therapy, like, you you should go before there's an issue. Right. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people probably don't even know they have an issue. Mm. They know. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll actually, now that you speak about um, or- some of the, the orgasm yeah. things, we'll jump right into it. One, can you tell us or explain to us what an orgasm is? Like, like what actually happens to the body during an orgasm? Okay. 
Whew, so that's an anatomy question. <laughs> well, describe it in the, my... the best way. Yeah, and I guess the most basic yeah. way. The, what okay. makes sense for we don't everybody. need it. Yeah, we don't have to have the textbook definition. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> we ain't gonna understand that. Okay, because uh, yeah, anatomy wasn't my strong suit in particular. <laughs> However, I typically explain my clients that an orgasm it is a build up to a release, and it oftentimes acts in the same nature in the body as a sneeze, which mm. you know catches people off guard to think of an orgasm as a sneeze which i get um but there is this this blood rushing to your sex organs there is this this build up and we say that if you want to reach an orgasm you've got to have the right amount of uh excitement arousal and or anxiety okay mm. so a lot of people think about anxiety in terms of orgasm or just in general is bad it just mm-hmm. gets this bad rap However, you want to reach a certain threshold because if you don't have enough, you know, enough angst, enough uh, adrenaline pushing through your body, um, then you're not going to be aroused. And if you have too much, then you're probably not going to be present in the moment, maybe more so in your head, you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so I try to help people get more into their body to feel the sensations That'll get you on a closer pathway to orgasm rather than to be in your head worrying about mm. this, that, and the third. What's my next move? What's my next errand? I wonder what so-and-so's doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that definitely so, makes sense. Can you tell us, um, sorry, can uh-huh. you tell us, give us suggestions on ways to reach said orgasm? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I say for a lot of my clients, I usually focus on this concept called mindfulness, mm-hmm. which in definition is being able to connect with the present, connect with your body. So I'll often start off my couples with this process called sensate focus. And it's one of those tried and true age old first interventions in the book for sexuality in the field. You know, um, and it does include starting with a non-genital touch. You're just getting used to what type of touches that you like, right? So it's a partners and you're taking turns with trying different intensities and duration of touch on different body parts. You know, Mm. I think for many people that I've come across, when they think of the word sex and what they like, they quickly go to positions, you know, mm-hmm, penetration, yep, mm-hmm, yep. things that are genitally focused. Um, I might not even realize that, you know, you do have, you do have uh, sensitivities, things that arouse you in different areas of your body. You know, I've got people who've gone pretty much their whole life and not realize that they could potentially orgasm off of a, either nipple play or play with your ear. Yeah, with your nose. Okay. Just touch. So, just where, touch. does masturbation play into that as well? I'm sorry. Does masturbation play into that? Um, what do you mean? As far as, um, you know, every time I would ask somebody, especially when we were younger, talking about um sex and orgasm, they're like, "Oh, well, you gotta start playing with yourself first." Uh huh. Uh huh. And I'm like, really? Yeah, I mean, it certainly can. It, it, you know, hugely how you feel about your body really does matter and knowing how it works, right? Mm-hmm. So that would go to a masturbation. Um, getting in there 
And it depends on how people feel about masturbation now. Now, people that come across the board, they have different beliefs associated with it. Um, so I will ask that and honor that prior to just suggesting to somebody, you need to go home and masturbate. <laughs> yeah, that um, we definitely hear that a lot. Like And like Nashana said, growing up or, and just in general. Now, what are a few things that can influence your sex drive and what are some ways to overcome this? And so, for example, after I gave birth to my daughter, it took me about six months to reach, um, well, I'll say my full potential, (laughs) (laughs) my full potential in having sex again. I realistically, after giving birth, and I understand that, and it makes a lot of sense also when you said being mindful um, now and having a new baby, she was my first and going through the motions of learning my daughter and just this new life but I noticed that my sex drive plummeted tremendously at least for the first six months after giving birth but even six months infidelity finances how does all that play a role into your sex drive okay so I'd say with the birth of a new child um there are so many factors that can play into a sex drive. You know, everybody's different. I have heard from some clients um, who have given birth and their motivation is to maybe have more. Mm-hmm. And that, that increases their sex drive and they're having sex prior to their six-week period being up, mm-hmm. you know, where you're supposed to um, not have sex and heal. Mm-hmm. Um cool. Yeah, <laughs> sounds painful. <laughs> right. um, but then other factors that are completely natural are the stress, right? Mm-hmm. The stress of the readjust- the adjustment for a new life. The ones that you've already mentioned, connecting, getting to learn your daughter, and getting into a new routine. Y'all have went from, you know, partner and partner to now we're mom mom and dad or mom and mom. I, I don't know your partner situation. Right. It could be. Um, but with that, you've got learning that new schedule usually comes with lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, sleep plays into your sex drive. If you're tired, how are you going to have the energy to reach those anxiety and arousal levels like I was talking about previously? Right. Um, usually your appetite is kind of secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when you bring it into a new life um and stress the stress of uh all of it (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's that's quite a loaded word that brings with it but some of the things that comes to mind is this adjustment period of relearning your body there's not really it's necessary i definitely encourage people to do it that at every stage of transition within your life within your body that you take time to grieve what was and accept what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm it right still, there. Yeah. That is it. That, that is it. I'm still grieving <laughs> from the first pregnancy and yeah. have had a whole second baby and still yeah. like, where's that body at? Yeah. Yeah. It's different, but it doesn't have to be, you know, inferior, you know, mm-hmm. it's just what you're familiar with. Um, other concepts me. is, yeah, being touched out, you know, this is a concept that not a lot of people know about, but I know that I breastfed my own child for 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's two now, he's two and a half. Aww. 
and that boy just loves to be on me mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at all times under me near me just like what's what's happening son so there mm-hmm. is a you know we have an intimacy for physical touch mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and that touch when we receive it it's not being translated if and if let me say this correctly um Let's just say we have a cap or a bucket for, for physical touch. Our children might be feeling that. And so mm-hmm. by the time our partner comes around, we are so-called touched out that we don't even mm-hmm. want to be touched. Mm-hmm. We're, we're good. We're good. Whereas our partner may not be receiving the same physical touch throughout the day. And mm-hmm. I do see this happen with couples who have just recently had kids mm-hmm. or where there's maybe breastfeeding um, or even when there's not just this, uh, where the where the uh, the mothers are just you know I just don't want to be touched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that makes a lot of sense. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely. Did any of y'all experience that? Were any of y'all like touched out when you had my sex drive you know? was zero after Austin, like zero. Like I would do it because it had to get done, but <laughs> it would you know it was zero, and it was so sad because like. I've never. Yeah, I've always had a pretty girl. I was with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's what you want to do. All right, yeah. let's get it. Well, what actually? That's a good question. What constitutes a healthy versus non-healthy sex drive? Yeah, um, I mean, and I know, and I noticed that you. I mean, you before no, said that you know, mourning what you used to, but accepting what you have now. And uh-huh. I say that like same as Nashana before my sex. I was never. Uh, just an overly sexual person, but there is definitely a change since having my daughter in which I have accepted. Oh, maybe I need to see a sex therapist too. I don't know, but I have accepted. Okay. This Probably. is who I am now. And okay. so are you going to get with it or <laughs> not get it at all? <laughs> I mean, your two options, but what the, yeah, what constitutes a, he- a healthy versus non-healthy sex drive so i mean that's a good question i think that as clinicians when people come in that is a question that often gets asked are we healthy are we unhealthy and it really just comes down to expectations Mm -hmm. you know if somebody were to sit in my chair and say you know i haven't had sex all year i'd be like okay (laughs) and if somebody's like i I have sex two to three times a day okay Uh you know it it really just comes down to people find it to be an issue as to the number when it comes to expectations that we should. Mm, yes. At this point in our lives, during our honeymoon, we should be getting at it all the time uh, or there's a problem. Um, we're in our late 70s and you want sex all the time. Mm. You should be slowing down. There's a problem. Mm. You get what I mean? So yeah. it really stems in this expectation. Yes. It's not a magic number or a frequency that determines health um, in the field of sexuality. So that's very that's very good to know. Thanks. Yeah. And so how how do you talk to your partner? Or like how would you go about talking to them about expectations if you're well, I guess one in general, and if you're kind of sensing that y'all's expectations are in different places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is a topic I'd say I really do push for transparency as yes. much as possible. Mm-hmm. That 
beating around bush on conversations is it oftentimes just leaves things unresolved or somebody being offended, you know, um, is what I found. So starting the conversation, some people don't even know because they're not even having the conversation. So I can't emphasize that enough, you know, communicate about your expectations. Um, about your sex expectations. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure I didn't have you done that? <laughs> With your partners? Yes. Um, yeah. But, like, it's usually, like, around, like, I'm tired. When you get in bed at 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning, but I've already been asleep for two hours, and you wake me up, homegirl got an attitude this way. Because I done <laughs> breastfed at 12, yeah. got to breastfeed again probably at 4. She going to be up by 7, and here you come. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you, I went to bed about 10, brother, so if you would have came at 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, sex, my sex expectations are definitely not to be woken up in the middle of the night. Um, and just saying that, just yeah. telling them, like, this is your window yeah. for right. me. Yeah, for and I have, a, I have a, a definite window of once the baby goes down to eight, you have about 45 minutes to get in there, or <laughs> I'm already... <laughs> I mean, seriously, because that's, at, after, you know, at being a mom, you're up, and I work, so I'm working, I come home, you know, figuring out dinner, take, taking baths and everything. Once she goes down... Pretty much, I'm going down as well. So you have about a 45-minute window to to walk through the door and say, hey, look, we got to get it in right now. Otherwise, my body's started to become in or get into that deep, relaxed state where even though I may not be asleep, the rest of my body, my body is asleep. And it's like, okay, that's that. Have y'all spoke about it, Kira? Um, Well, yeah, we have. I think my sex drive has increased where before, after the boys, I did not have a sex drive, mm-hmm. but now, like, I want it more. So I said it last night after I came back from my little girl's night. I said, um, you have not touched me in a week. Okay. So. <laughs> How did the conversation go? <laughs> she got tips. It ended. I got yeah. Yes! <laughs> Come on, touch. <laughs> <laughs> got right on it, and he got right on it. Well, how did, how'd you feel, like, finally just, like, expressing it? Did you, it was like, okay, this was easy. Um, now, I'm a very shy person when it comes to sex, so I'm trying to uh, break out of the usual for us because I, I normally shy away from it. So now I'm trying to become more vocal in what I want and what I need from him. Yeah. And it's working out pretty good. Um. But last night, I was just a little bit more, I had a little boost. Okay, boost. telling him, hey. You had a couple <laughs> drinks? Like, okay, yeah, I did. I had a lot of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That is good. Now, what about, um, or can you spice it up, or is it good or bad, or whatever the case is, to watch porn? Or how does that play into learning your sexuality what you like what you don't like and i know a lot of times porn is very fake fake and unrealistic but is there any ways or are there any um suggestions in your practice that you give to your clients for anything porn related um so let me think about that i'd say it's probably rather uncommon if I am recommending porn. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there have been times, you know, when it comes to having a, a spice it up session where mm-hmm. I'll ask about it and ways that they've, they use it. And some couples do use it as a background while they have sex or to get them there as a form of mm-hmm. foreplay, you know? Um, that. so that, that can work again. It just comes down to what people's beliefs are about it, mm-hmm. you know, um, I serve a, a kind of a great deal of a porn addict, so usually I'm talking about in that aspect. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. She literally I was just, just about to yes. say we talk about porn addiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. She literally just typed it out. Synchronicity. <laughs> the synchronicity. Yeah. So um, yeah, there there are some issues with porn. But again, I think it's one of those things that's been taken and used out of context mm-hmm. for its purpose. You know, the purpose of porn is titillate. It's not to educate. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, as you've pointed out already, it, it's fake. Mm-hmm. Um, it can create quite a bit of issues. And right now it is creating heavy issues in young men in particular, mm-hmm. leading to some arousal issues um, mm-hmm. and erection issues where wow. they are. Yeah, why is that? What is the well, with the porn, I'd say if we were to look at a brain scan of somebody who has a porn addiction uh, next to somebody who's taken cocaine hits, mm-hmm. it's about the same activity what? that's happening. So you, know, you end up needing more to get And what type of a clientele walks through the door with that porn addiction? What does that usually look like? I know, well, I don't know anyone personally, but I've heard a lot of people have or questions because they watch a lot of porn but don't Mm -hmm. believe they're addicted to porn so what is that line that you cross where you are now addicted to porn and you may need to seek out services for help right so i say we oftentimes use what's called the cages questionnaire which will look at withdrawal symptoms that you have when you try to cut away from it how many times have you tried to cut it out and you were unsuccessful with that? How much is it impacting your level of functioning in life? Like, can you go a day in places where you know it's it's inappropriate um, without going into that, going into masturbating or some type of sexual activity? Oh, wow. Let's just say you're in a work meeting and right next to your monitor, you're also looking at porn, mm-hmm. you know? That would be kind of indicative that it's taking over. So yeah. we oftentimes true. define addiction in the field as an out-of-control um, compulsive behavior that's done in spite of negative consequences. You know, hmm. so all all of that consideration and that emphasis on negative consequence there, things are happening. You're losing jobs, you're yeah. losing loved ones, and you're still. And we engaged in the same activity, mm. then that's probably an indicator that you want to go and seek help. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. And they would seek a sex therapist for this for this type of addiction. Um, so they don't really have to, mm-hmm. <laughs> because not all sex therapists are trained to treat sex addiction. Actually, oh. that's a that's a a niche of a of a area to to specialize in but addiction is addiction you know so the uh, addictive rehabilitative services you know they've got programs 
and residentials where you can go to that, they can treat it. And I say it like that because oftentimes they'll send these people to me without going through some type of detox or program mm-hmm. as if there's something that they need mm-hmm. to do because it's sex mm-hmm. prior to them going through their program. It's uh-huh. really not true. <laughs> Just treat it like a, an addiction because it is, because you know? Is. Yeah. No matter what you're doing. That makes is. sense. Now, earlier you mentioned um, when you were explaining the clientele that you, that, that you see in your office, you mentioned erectile dysfunction. Can you tell us a little bit or how common that is in younger men or men in general and uh, how to help erectile dysfunction? Sure. So I'd say I'm not statistically, I'm not sure where it is right now, to be honest with you. Um, I know that it's growing. It's growing within the young community at one point I think they that was rather abnormal if you were to see it in somebody within their 20s um and that was more left for somebody who's older Mm -hmm. but what I would do for somebody who's walking into my office and wanting to focus and address that first I would have them like many of the other dysfunctions if you come to my office I'll have you have a full panel you know go to your doctor get your levels checked Get your hormones checked. Um, If it's an arousal issue with men, I'll send them to a urologist who can look to see if there's any medical cause Mm. that be contributing to the erectile dysfunction. Um, I'll also be looking globally at sleep and medication that Mm. you're taking or any type of substances. You know, substances... Other medical conditions can contribute to erectile dysfunction. And those need to be ruled out before we just designate to focusing on mine, psychological, Mm. right? Um, Does smoking weed, I'm sorry to cut you off. You said um, you were saying substances. Does smoking weed kind of hinder them to get up? about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I always smoke. hear it but I know so many guys who you know they do smoke and I'm like it's up and alcohol yeah yeah so I mean that is kind of newer research mm-hmm. where they're flushing that out mm-hmm. and the from what I've seen the reports are coming back with with both you know, it's not, it is, I think long-term they're still kind of tracing the effects of that uh-huh. as it being a new area of focusing on the short term. It just depends, you know? Okay. So I would say that it's rather inconclusive when it comes to mm. weed. Okay. Mm. Sorry guys, that doesn't no, really right. answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> so you can smoke uh, or not I, smoke. I was about to say, you, so you can smoke or not smoke. <laughs> Now, we know right now the big controversial topic is Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion. So, Brittany, I'm not sure if you've heard their new single, Wet Ass Pussy. Have you heard that song yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it's a bop. You know, I love it. Um, however, the biggest thing now These is men mad that, about it, though. Yes, a lot of men are mad about it. And some women are mad about it as well. Can you give me your opinion about why do you think society puts such a negative emphasis on black women experiencing their sexuality? And as well, because if you compare them, and I'm we already know the double standards between women and men, but if you compare them to Janae Aiko, who has mm-hmm. Pussy Fairy 
on the way, you know, right. on the Talking on the radio make all her day. Cry out. Like, yes, girl, what? Girl, right. I love her. Me too. But why is there son? No one made a big deal about Janae Aiko and Big Sean making her come nine times. None of that. However, when Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion came out with wet ass pussy, the entire internet fell apart. Can you give us uh-huh. your opinion about why? Um, yeah, why is it such a negative emphasis on black women experiencing their sexuality? Okay. So, again, y'all are coming with these loaded questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I would say, let me start with the difference with uh, Janae and Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion, Mm -hmm. I think. I feel like it's a similar argument to when... um, Maybe skinny black girls will walk out mm. of the house with no bra mm. on, but then you've got uh, women These. who are more bodacious <laughs> who walk outside with no bra on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point of emphasis there is that I think because of how maybe how bodacious and how they um, celebrate. And I can't say that Janae hasn't celebrated, but she is more covered up, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there's no, there are no twerking in her videos or mm -hmm. ass shots or, well, I won't say ass shots, but, you know, ass literal shots, like pictures on the internet. Maybe the artistry of it, too. Like, it's so, like, creatively written and it's so, like... Hers is very, you know, sound like bowls, sensual, sexual. Sound bowls, this pussy. Let me, you know, <laughs> like, you like you gotta have an outer body yeah. experience. Yeah. And she be on psychedelics and stuff. Yes, it's awesome. very different. Yeah. Kind of poetic for sure. Yes. Um, so I think there is some co- some covertness that allows her to get away with some of it, whereas maybe Cardi B and Meg are more in your face about what they're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't need to to listen too hard to figure out what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to listen so, at all to figure out. You could just see the... You can just see exactly the, the art. Yeah, the artistry of the of that song. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. And just the, the female, there's a double standard here, of course, mm-hmm. but there's a layer, a layer explanation in this discussion because not only is it female and that carries its weight all on its own about how the narrative for females and what they do with their body in this country it's you don't you don't have control you don't have a say um and for a female to own their sexuality whether they're black or not is a statement it's a heavy statement Mm -hmm. right you know that um a lot of people are just not comfortable with um and i'd say the layer of black i mean we can go back to hmm Oh, goodness. I just feel like I could preach on this topic. It's so heavy. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Um, going back to, you know, slave trade, our bodies are not our own, mm-hmm. to it being seen as a spectacle with uh, Sarah Bartman, mm-hmm. you know, um, being caged and caged and just the dimensions of her body being seen more of a spectacle. I'd say that the female body in the black community has always been seen as entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, you put on a show and it's always been Mm over-sexualized from a very young age, this adultification that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was 12 in that parking lot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And there's these messages that are received as young females 
back then and now of don't wear that, don't put that on, don't dance that way. Yeah. At times where we attempt to naturally, organically connect with our bodies in the sexual beings that we are, because we're sexual out the gate. Yes. We are created to be sexual beings. Yeah. Um, we can't even fully explore that because that's a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our fault if we get attacked as a woman, but especially as a black woman. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't look that way. Shouldn't address that way. Shouldn't be who you are, really. Yeah. Woo! Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's, that is, um, for sure, yeah. it's one of those things that... I think a lot of people, especially for celebrities, for unfortunate reasons, we definitely put a lot of emphasis on them being role models. So a lot of people's feelings were hurt because they should be these role models. However, I will say this, Meg Thee Stallion and Cardi B have been true to themselves from the beginning. So for there to be a surprise about this song... But Meg didn't I mean, make. She in college. She doing her thing. And she and she and no no and and don't get me wrong, it they they are both doing their thing. I love Cardi B. I love. I've watched her grow from, you know, before well not before Instagram, before loving hip hop to loving hip hop to where she is now. And again, it's more so of she stayed true to herself. Uh-huh. So there's no surprise that this song came out from Cardi B. Same thing with Meg. Yeah. I, I haven't followed her from the beginning. But from past previous albums that I've listened to, she stayed true to herself. However, both women are doing their thing. Okay, Meg, like you said, she's in getting her uh, master's degree in I think healthcare administration. She's made sure to continue to uplift other Black women. Cardi B as well. It, you know, Cardi B's the politician right now, trying to get people to vote and things like that. So it's very awkward. To see and unfortunate to see that so many people are so upset about the song. Well, I think more people are excited about it than than upset. I haven't taken a poll. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know. And maybe I mean men. I guess for the men, that's where I've seen the upset. A lot of women are very pro the song, but my views from men have been a little different. So just piggybacking off of their song. Um, what do women do if they want a WAP and they don't have a WAP? Oh, good question. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good question. And how that changes over yeah. the course of your life. Um, <laughs> <Wow>. well, <laughs> I'd say typically we're looking into that when, okay, so if we're going through the life lifespan, mm-hmm. okay, I'm usually not hearing this as a complaint from those who are, mm, in their low 20s, mid 20s and under, right? Mm -hmm. So mid 20s and upward into menopausal age, people who would want, who are communicating issues with lubrication, um, we can go to holistically looking at diet um, or just using lubrication. You know, I recommend use of lubrication and I don't necessarily see it as a negative. Like, Mm -hmm. you need this, girlfriend, because you got a problem. (laughs) It's more so of, it's just taking care. Just taking care of your body, having more fun. Um, It's a part of it. It's a prop, you know. Um, That's why you see it at novelty stores. You can Mm -hmm. have fun with lubrication. And I always suggest a Mm water-based lubrication. Um, If, and... 
if you're doing any type of anal play, to use a silicone base, never oil base to go into the orifices. And if you're going to use a sex toy, don't use that with a silicone um, base lubricant as it could eat away at your toy. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, because some of the toys are silicone. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, you don't hear us be like, ooh, okay. <laughs> take notes. Take notes. <laughs> no. Let me write this down. <laughs> um, but either way, so starting with lubricants, then as we get older, closer to menopause, maybe looking at some some estrogen cream, okay. you know, as estrogen can help you with the, with the, with the lubrication um, as the walls start to thin because your vagina's changing. Your body's always changing. Again, and I say embrace rather than go against it. That way, any enhancement doesn't feel as if it's feeding an insecurity. It's just this is on your journey of sexuality. Yes. And that's what this chapter looks like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it is a journey. It definitely is a journey. But it's funny embrace that... Embrace it. It's funny that you were um, saying as you get older and your walls are thinning and things, so you get some, you're more prone to dryness. But I heard as you get older, your sexual drive kind of increases as well. So I'm like, I want the wetness to increase if I'm going to be, yeah, if I'm going to be like 40, 50, so my letters Well, I say the contributing factor to why the desire increases as you get older has to do more with a, a security, a certainty, a self-assurance that I know what I want now, okay. you know, whereas there was maybe some insecurity mm. or just doing it rather mechanically prior to because you're just trying to, you know, stumbling and finding yourself in your earlier years. Whereas yeah. if we're talking about just older women or, or older men, like now we now we have a sense of what we want and that that confidence increases your desire. Mm. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot sense. of sense. Because when my mom reached 40, my mom was straight like, I don't give a damn. And then when she reached 50, she was yeah. like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that makes a um, lot of sense. So, Brittany, to wrap up all of these questions, can you give us a few tips on what we could do to spice up the bedroom? Okay. So, hmm. Tips and spices of the bedroom. Mm, I mean, I can't emphasize enough about having fun. Okay. You know, seriousness fun. being taken out of the bedroom. That means that you're you're able to laugh at yourself if you're falling off the bed. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that is important. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to laugh. I probably laugh so too much. It is so much going it, is it is awkward. <laughs> I oh. laugh at everything. I am a laugher during sex because it, it is awkward. And, I mean, things are funny because you, you do think you have to be this serious and sensual and sexual. And then, yeah, you fall off the bed yeah. and you're like, dang, like, that was not part of come it. In and y'all go, oh. right. Or you hear, mommy, mommy. Yeah. Yes. So, go ahead. Oh, no, go, no, no, you can go ahead and finish. The, well, I'm glad that you brought that up, um, the hearing somebody outside, you know, your child saying mommy, mommy, because the other tip I would give is to know how to turn yourself on. I can't, I say this all the time and people like looking at me sideways when I say it. Um, but I ask them, what do you do to turn yourself on? Because oftentimes people are waiting around for their partner to do it. It's like, well, he can't turn me on or she can't, you know, she got me out of, out of the mood. The option to return into the mood was never taken off the table. Right, right. Listen, no, that's that's good. that, and that's true. Because with kids, yeah, you gotta 
Hey, you got it. It's, it's quick. It you got to get into it quick. You got to be able to, because especially when they learn how to open doors, you oh, have yeah. a, a very... <laughs> oh, we, we lock our door now. We done got hit to the game. Like, okay, okay. lock. Yeah, yeah. We've locked the doors and make sure the uh, stair gate is locked. All the <laughs> doors exactly. are locked. Your tours are out there. <laughs> um, but I, I heavily see this with males who... If they're especially, you know, the erection is is the tell-all, right? Mm-hmm. Once that's gone, it must be time's up. We must be done, mm-hmm. you know. Um, where get yourself back into the game. I think that that's the time where I see my males get more into their head mm-hmm. and just writing off mm-hmm. an encounter because they could get wrapped up in feelings of uh, rejection mm-hmm. or things like that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't leave it. Too, this is the only thing that needs to happen in order for me to get turned on. Really explore that for yourself. Um, let's see. Have fun. Uh, intentionality, right? I know a lot of people who wait for the spontaneous sex, right? I, I don't want to do, I don't want to have sex that's planned, which I get. I don't really encourage people to four o'clock. Well, four is maybe a little early for most. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Eight o'clock on Saturday night. This is our sex window. This is our sex so time. Weird. It's not like that. I might have you be intentional about thinking about sex, mm-hmm. right? Creating erotic spaces. Mm-hmm. So I do say that foreplay begins from the end of the last sexual encounter. Mm. So that includes, hey, how, how much am I paying attention to you and me, how I feel about my body? How much attention am I paying to my body? Mm. Am I looking in the mirror and saying, damn, you fine? Okay. Am I looking at you and saying, damn, you fine? Mm. You know, mm. am I reading erotic novels to get me in the mood? Maybe I will mm. watch porn to get myself in the mood. You know, um, I'm creating erotic spaces, so when the opportunity arises, I'm I'm ready for it. Rather than, and that's intentional, intentionally doing that, rather than just waiting for the desire to hit you. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That does make sense. Because yeah. that's how I, I'd be like, oh, I want something spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> and I be waiting, and I'm like, girl, you it's got two kids. <laughs> you got waiting for another six months, right. once every six right. months, once every year. Right, stop playing. Yes, so I'm definitely gonna take that advice on creating an erotic space. Yes, for sure. Okay, Brittany, we have a segment on our um, podcast called "Girl Listen," where a writer writes in and we give advice. We specifically chose this question because you're on here and would like to know if we can read it and you help us answer. Okay. Okay. I'll try. (laughs) So, all right, y'all, it's time for a little advice from your girls. Our listener writes, girl, listen, I'm in my late 20s and I have been exclusively dating a guy who is also in his late 20s. I like a lot. He handles his business. Okay. Takes care of his child, treats me like a queen, and he is fine, fine. Fine, fine. Ain't nothing like fine, fine. She said fine, fine. (laughs) But here's the thing. When it's time for us to be intimate, he struggles to get and maintain an erection. Oh, man. I know it's not me, but I'm also not sure how to help or what else to do because I love good sex. Is there anything he or we... Oh, that's good that she says he or we. 
could do, or do I need a new man? Oh, dang, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I sex is important, right? Or do I need okay. a new man? Okay, um, so, let's see. Is your specific question on what he or we could do? Okay, so, it would start with communication. You know, many people are afraid to hurt their partner's feelings, and sex is so personal, so... When people bring up something about sex, considering how it's so tied to their identity, um, they're afraid of that, uh, afraid of the smoke that could come from that. Mm -hmm. So I get it, but it's very, very important to just communicate and say, you know, I've I've noticed the the, the times that we've engaged that this is coming up. (laughs) You know what what's happening what 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 do you know of what's happening to this and being able to have as i say a big boy conversation about it yeah yeah because it's important your needs are just as important as his needs and for him to be silently suffering if he's not talking about it that's not good for him either mm-hmm. you all could come together and create some solutions or you might have information about what could be going on that he doesn't know. Um, just for example, like, man, I don't know what's going on, but if you on your end, you know that porn, porn can influence erection issues. Your next question could be, well, how much porn are you watching? What, what porn, you know, when's, yeah. how much masturbation are you doing? They'd be like, oh, well, you know, I masturbate about four times a day. Mm-hmm. Like, well. You think my time, you going blind. <laughs> you know, um, let him know, well, that can affect it. But, oh, okay, I had no idea. And then, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> this, this happens. So, yeah. um, let him know to kind of step back from the porn use, or if it's something that, that they're, that, that they're taking in, their sleep schedule, stress, just exploring what's going on as a concerned partner. Um, so I honestly think it would start with communication and suggesting a doctor's visit, starting with that. That would be would be the starting line for that. And then the doctor, if you're open with the doctor, because you got to be open yeah, with your right. doctor yes. if they're going to help you. Tell them the truth. And people just don't, they don't communicate with their doctor enough because of shame, which mm-hmm. I get. But these things, you are not alone. Yes. All right. It's not just something specific about you as to why you're going through this and no one else is. It's just not the case. So let people help you by opening up and the doctor will lead you. Hopefully. And if they don't call me. Then I can <laughs> yeah. Right. And speaking of calling you, how could people reach you if they, you know, needed a sex therapist in their life? And it sounds like we all need one. Okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah, you can. Reach me through my website. It's www.beyoungtherapy.com. And the B Young is just the letter B in Young, not B-E Young. Some people ask me about that. (laughs) And you can give me a call straight from there, and I can give you the number here too. And I can give you a free 20-minute consultation. And we can explore if it will be a good fit for you to start sex therapy. And if not, I can tell you the directives of, of what could be the better next step for you. That's very helpful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and my number is 404-270-0275. And that is my direct line. And you can reach me there. Okay. 
Don't be surprised when all three or four of us actually be on your line. Right, like, you need that 20 minute conversation, hey, please. Brittany, uh, we talked about. <laughs> We're going to hang up this call and then immediately call you. <laughs> oh, that was a great response to the question. So, if you or anyone you know would like advice about anything, and we do mean anything, contact us via DM on IG at girllisten.podcast. Or email us at girllisten20 at gmail.com. And it's also on our website as well. It's a little section where you could type in your questions. All right, guys. It's time to boss up for our Black-Owned Business Spotlight segment. And today we'd like to put you on to Dearest Decor. Dearest Decor is a Black-owned Atlanta-based decor company that provides custom and unique event decorations and props. So choose Dearest Decor for your party and special occasion. No event is too small. You can find Dearest Decor on Instagram at dearestdecor underscore inc. If you'd like your black-owned business feature on Girl Listen or if you have a business to suggest, email us at girllisten20 at gmail.com. Thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you guys.